The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The intermediate line is brought to you by nervouswater.com. Thomas and Thomas fly rods, Shilton reels, and Cortland fly lines. Power pole, total boat control. Ketter fly apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast brushes. We stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. How are you feeling? How is someone like you lose a moral quarantine? Is your reflection only slipping bitter that? To abuse and objectify all the emotions you defeat. You've got the world right at your feet. Cause you make you silent, stalling critics of your misogynistic lies. You wake up from your memories, you better realize that you're a model of virility. A special mid divide. As you deflower, you empower the false ego trapped inside and by the virtue of your compass, you did yourself. Welcome back to another episode of The Intermediate Line, folks. My name is Chris Adams, and I just had a nice bowl of cereal before the show. And here, joining me is my co-host, Jeff Volta from... Balti Fly Fishing. That's who. Come on, man. We weren't going to use my real name. How many fucking Red Bulls did you have? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Batman. No, no, no. Let's just leave it in this week, all right? You've done it twice in two weeks now. That's cool. How's you know, everyone going out there in internet land? Good. Good, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how are you, you been, buddy? What's All been two of them on? answered then. No, I've been going well, man. Going well. Going well. Oh, yeah. I've been, been fishing a few times. It's been um, it's been wonderfully cleansing. Oh, yeah, cool. What have you been chasing? This time of year, mate, it's all, all about the Tioga. I learned, oh, yeah. something, I learned something about uh, Saratoga. Do you know that um, the word Saratoga um, is a Native Indian word, Native American Indian word? Yeah, I, I found that out in a really weird way. I just assumed that because it was a, um, you know, native Australian fish um, in, in uh, like Hardy's case, uh, endemic, um, and uh, to Australia, and um, uh, the uh, and when I found the way I found out was I was doing some hashtags once on on a post on Insta, Pulsey Fly Fishing, and um, and if you uh, hashtag Saratoga and then follow the hash hashtag there's a lot of um a lot of saratoga stuff you know saratoga springs which yeah. is down in the u.s yeah yeah but the yeah, word yeah. saratoga is is like the origins of the word um uh it's pronounced something very similar but it, it means um good hunting near a calm river or something i think on those lines really? interesting yeah, right. mate interesting facts yeah so tonight we've got a great guest tonight folks um, today, we have, tonight, today, whatever time you choose to listen to this show, we have a guest on by the name of Will Flack. Now, Will is the, uh, the owner, and I had to, um, Google, word, Google, um, when you type something in Google and they pronounce it for you, Google pronounce, maybe, the name of this shop, because it's a Spanish word, Tres Pescados, right? So, that's the yeah. name of, uh, Will Flack's shop, he's from Tres Pescados, which translates to, translates to three fish. Three fish. I bet you I get that wrong, hey. I bet you. I get There's a good wrong. chance you will, mate. Yeah. Good chance of that. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you put a lot of practice in. I believe that you're probably in your own head at this point about that pronunciation, but I want you to give it a go, mate. 
believe. Did you did you just say belief in Mike Tyson ease or not? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not All say right, the cool. location with a lisp. All right. Cool. <laughs> so that's where that's where, what what my uh, my cohort here, Volti, is uh, alluding to is that Will Flack is from Belize. Uh, well, he resides in Belize. He's actually um, we'll hear, well we'll hear about where he's from when we talk about it in the podcast. But Will's operation in Belize is uh, is a fantastic operation, and tonight. We're going to be mainly permit based because Will is a uh, an authoritarian on um, on Atlantic permit, given his location and his and his job. Uh, but Belize is a fantastic place in that it's probably um, well. Why don't you tell people about Belize, Vols, before I start banging on? Tell us something uh, unique about Belize. What's its um, gross domestic product? Most gross domestic product. Well, it's a small, relatively peaceful. Uh, I think you're classified as Central American country. Um, you know, Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's got a border on a Caribbean ocean. Um, it's famous for its uh, coral reefs. Um, and it's uh, unusually, maybe unusually for that part of the world, there's, there's a strong environmental focus. They, they seem to value the ecosystem that they inhabit there. So, yeah, pretty interesting, huh? Interesting, yes. Yeah, um, the, f- fishering, the fishing there, the fishing is uh, next level, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. I thought you were reading from Google about. I was going to start having some other facts about Belize, like the currency is the Belize dollar, the capital is Belom, and but oh, that's weird. Bel Belmopan. I don't know how you pronounce that. Belmopan. Huh? <sighs> Let's cut the facts out, dude. Let's get yeah. back to the fishing. The good thing about <laughs> Belize is that um, it's probably the most likely area in in the world for a Grand Slam of tarpon, permit, and bonefish in the one day. The and I'm ho- slam. Yeah, and I'm hoping Will talks about the tournament that he's got there that's um, based on uh, a, grand, a Grand Slam, which I won't go on about too much from my own research. I hope he, we'll, we'll try and get him yeah. to talk about it. Um, yep. But yeah, yeah, I think that I think that uh, you know if, if you're if you look, at, I want to I want to structure this show. And we I should say you and I to, to educate the listener have talked about this show being a talking point that will um, will offer some insights into what, what Will does, obviously, for Atlantic Permit, but to sort of compare and to sort of show some um, some similarities between um, Falcatus and, um, and and Anax and Block, I'd say. You know, so hopefully when you listen to this show that you can apply some of what you hear to uh, what Will's saying to, yeah, to your local scenario. If you're having trouble sort of um, you know, converting figuring them out, you see them and, you know, you're not getting eats or what have you, uh, it might not be as simple as, as, um, as the fly you use. So hopefully, um, you know, we can, we can get some insights into that just to help people out, which is the goal of the interview really. And I think that's the reason Will's joining us and that's the reason for the, um, for the, uh, show essentially. Yeah. All for you. Yeah. Oh man. If, I can't wait. There's so many things I wanted to ask. Uh, I want to ask Will about about Belize and and about permit fishing in particular is you know well re- renowned and respected for that and I recommend people um, just go have a look at his his page have the have his Insta page open while they while we're talking to him um, it'll add a lot more context um, <clears throat> and afterwards no doubt you'll you'll flick through his website and you'll um, you'll probably see the videos that we're talking about very instructional. <clears throat> um, 
and you know that we're gonna we're gonna reference throughout the um the podcast it should be good really looking forward to having a chat with him what are those social media pages man if you could um help people to get them open before they listen to the show um well i just went to um belize fly which is all one word um on instagram and from there you'll get um you'll get uh you get a look at his insta page um you get a look at his fly shops um and the url um that the external url from instagram is um uh beliefsfly.com so um yeah it's definitely worth a look uh have it open have a quick look It'll, it's absolutely salivating um and uh you'll be able to get an idea hang of, on the wet the website's website salivating or we will be salivating uh, it induces just, salivation induces yeah, how, okay yeah is that that's that's the the context that i meant there what, what Wait, you are you looking at the website now yeah is it inducing any other gastric function was asking me if I accept cookies and, and cookies okay, make my yeah. mouth water. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Isn't yeah. it is a wonderful textured place. Yeah. Yeah. Cookies, mate. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Let's get Will on, man. Let's stop this bullshit. Get him on. Yeah, yeah. We're just patting right. out now. Let's just get the talent on. All right, mate. Let's do it. All right. Welcome back to the show, folks, and we're privileged to have with us uh, Will Flack, who's um, currently residing in Belize. Thanks for joining us, Will. How are you going? All good, guys. Thanks for having me on the, the show. It's a pleasure. We've been, uh, been trying to make this happen for a little while, and um, you know, you've been on our radar for a little while to have on. I've been such a, uh, a prominent uh, feat, um, personality in regards to permit, the uh, Atlantic permit and stuff, so... Uh, it'd be good to um, have a chat to you on the show today. And what we want to do is, we want to do is, we want to sort of make some some small comparisons, I suppose, between the Australian species. Given mainly okay. that uh, a lot of a lot of um, Australians are influenced by guys like yourself and, and other guys that that fish for um, the Atlantic permit. Um, um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I mean, we've definitely got our own style here somewhat, but uh, it'll be interesting to get. Um, just a bit, bit of a uh, bit of detailed information from yourself about your observations as well. Right on, right on. And you, I know we've been playing telephone tag. You guys, I was gonna. You guys got Australian Day tomorrow or something like that. Oh, uh, it was yes, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. How many, how many VB, how many VBs did you have? <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't say Fosters. That's usually the go-to. For, for people outside. Of I got a, <laughs> I, I got a, I got a funny Foster story. I showed up the Cairns Yacht Club. Um, and uh, I go in there first time in Australia, and I go in there, and of course, you know, back in North America, it's all crocodile Dundee. And I go in there, and I'm like, I'll have a Fosters. And the guy looks at me, he's like, You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he gave me, I think he gave me a, is it 4X, right? Yeah. 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 It's a proper this. beer. It's a good beer. Yeah. Did you enjoy give it? Me a 4X. No <laughs> Fosters. <laughs> uh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. The, the first time uh, I went to the US and, um, uh, they, you know, obviously picked my accent straight away. It was in an airport bar and, um, I was, uh, I went to order a beer and, um, uh, they said, yeah, they brought up Forex and, and they said, we could never figure out what the Forex stood for. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, is it, is it like a profanity, you know, that's all been X'd out? 
And I thought, oh, <laughs> that's actually unique. I never really considered that after, you know, a lifetime mm-hmm. of living in, in you know, Forex's <laughs> hometown that, you know, might have might have been like a, a, a cleansed way of, you know, um, you know, saying a, a four-letter four profanity. But uh, anyway. Um, what word would that been, Vols? Shit. Um, oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. What's it stand for? You could do better than that. Um, fuck. Oh, we stumped him. We stumped him and we're on like, what, 72 <laughs> seconds in? Wow. Every two seconds, man. That, that is a record, actually. <laughs> There's some good ones. You know, some people say it's piss, you know, but uh, I, I don't know. It, uh, it, it's beer, as I know it. It grew up. Oh, That's not. funny, man, because most people who drink Forex can't spell piss with the extra is, S. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, originally from Canada, so uh, you know that that makes you immediately cooler than than that uh, a lot of that that bit in between um, Mexico and Canada. Oh but, come uh, on, <laughs> take it easy. Hey, take yeah. it easy. My wife's from Florida. Yes. <laughs> uh, open cool. mouth, insert foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, but right now, um, our listeners who are familiar with him, um, Will Will lives in Belize, and. Um, and uh, will uh, you have? Was it two two uh, fly shops, mate? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Trey Pescadores. Um, Hang on, what? Do you pronounce Tre- that again? What? Trey Pescadores. Trace Pescados. Pescados. Trey. so you sound like you're about to order a, a pizza in Italy when you pronounce that. Uh, I think I, I think he I think he's had like four four X's already or something. <laughs> 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 oh, the slamming on balls! This is great. Yeah, it's just hair, hair, hair of the dog the day after Australian Day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like at 10, 10 a.m. here in the morning or ten thirty or something. So yeah, oh. I'm just uh, yeah at a big day, at a big day. <laughs> so um. <laughs> So Belize, hey, uh, San Pedro and Hopkins. You got two fly shops there, and um, yep, yep, and, and the uh, and the lodge, the permit lodge, permit yeah, club. Belize permit club lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for for people, they're probably googling Belize right now and have a look at a map. Can you give us an outline of where where each of those three things are? You know, funny you say that. It's you know, there's a a lot of people don't know where it is, which is you know it's just this little gem in the corner of the caribbean but if you uh were sandwiched actually between uh mexico to the north mm-hmm. um the yucatan uh to the west guatemala and to the south by uh honduras so we're just like this little tiny nation it's only 200 miles long with the second largest barrier reef in the world after your guys's great barrier and wow. uh yeah, it's uh, just creates this epic inshore fishery. So yeah, that's where you'll find Belize, right in the little corner of the Caribbean. You guys uh-huh. have got that um, that wild blue hole right in the Barrier Reef over there, like that just looks like uh, it just it's goes actually, straight it, to the core. yeah, it yeah the Great Blue Hole, you know, made famous by Jacques Cousteau back I think in the seventies. But um, yeah, it's 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 uh, not inside the reef. It's it's outside on one of the we have uh, three of the four atolls I think in the Western Hemisphere. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not completely unheard. Of. I guess it's uh yeah, it's um it's a pretty beautiful part of the world. Remember all accounts of anything you see, photos anywhere, or whether it be fishing, diving, or, or what have mm-hmm. you, 
Always. So, I mean, those are those are those are the two big ones, right? Fishing and diving. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, like I said, that barrier reef creates that huge inshore fishery and just you know crazy drop-offs for diving. It's yeah. it's it's amazing and just a, a small population. I think I don't even know. There's probably only five hundred thousand people in Belize. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's uh it's pretty, and we're surrounded by you know hundreds of millions of people, Mexico and. Yeah, Guatemala, yep. Honduras. I mean, it's it's that's a lot of people around us, and just this tiny little nation. So we're we're blessed to be as small as we are. Yeah, it's um. So, I was, sorry, boss. I was just going to ask, like, um, you know, when when people are heading to Belize, um, to perhaps stay at the Belize Permit Club Lodge, you know, shameless plug there for you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've noticed that when you're looking on Google Maps, like, there's a lot of um, locations that you recognise from, like, that Netflix Netflix series Narcos. Is you know, do you need the tourists need to keep their eyes on the ground around there, or? No, it's it's you know, it's common sense. Whenever you travel, right? That's that's rule number one. I mean, um, do you want to go out at three o'clock in the morning in Belize City? No, I mean you wouldn't want to go at three o'clock in the morning in Los Angeles either. Um, yeah, down a dark alley. So, yeah. um, Mango you Hill. know, Belizeans, Bel- Belizeans are friendly, outgoing. Uh, you know, we're we just everybody everybody loves Belize. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so many expats here. I mean, people are retiring here. It's, you know, we're English speaking, so that's, that's a plus, but it's, uh, it's just this great little nation. And, you know, I, I have never felt unsafe in this country. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like it. I mean, I mean, that was a, that was a bad joke, but I mean, like it's, um, <laughs> I must, I must admit like every, everything you, you, Every bit of media you put out, even or even like anything you see, what everyone else has put out in regards to, again with with other sports as well, like diving and the conventional yep. fishing, just looks like mm-hmm. a, a pretty mellow corner of the um, like you said, the Caribbean. You know, it's, it's um, it really is, cool. it yeah, really yeah. is, and uh, you know, I I, I I can't recommend it enough. I mean, I'm a permit fanatic, so there's a reason that I live here. Uh, you know, and if if you love inshore saltwater fly fishing. Um, for bonefish permit and tarpon, I mean, this is this is one of the best spots on planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, so we'll um, you know, we we know that uh, you know, having having a real quick look at your website, it's, it's pretty evident first up how like you've you've travelled around the world, including Australia, chasing a lot of species. Um, mm-hmm. but one of the one of the most interesting things I found about you know looking at your website. Is that you're a really active educator? Like, there's there's a commitment to producing like really good, informative, instructional videos. There, um, is this a is this like a passion of yours? Is it a big part of your life? I mean, my, you know, my goal, at, you know, as a guide is to, you know, I, I feel like we're teachers. You know, like someone steps on my boat, and you know, permit fishing's, you know, it's a tough son of a bitch. So it's like one of my goals at the end of the day is if you get on my boat and even if you don't catch a permit, you leave a better angler, you have a better Mm -hmm. knowledge of the fishery, you have a better understanding of the cast, uh, all, all those fundamentals. So yeah, you know, I, we, we, we do the, the, all those kind of educational videos and just to help people out and, you know, um, to help our, our clients out when they're coming down, you know, send them video package and, and, uh, you know, PDFs to help them pack and all that, all that stuff. So it's just, just, you know, it's just about being, uh, you know, a good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it probably prepares, uh, um, 
you know, obviously prepares the the uh, the the consumer for 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 what's coming, but it also makes your yeah. your um your experience as a um you know as a guide easier because you got guys yep. who are what's up right and they're prepared for it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I you know like imagine you guys come all the way from Australia and you know you weren't prepared for your yeah. week of fishing. I mean. It, I mean, I would feel bad if I didn't prepare you before you got here and while you were here um, mm. for what to expect and and uh, all that jazz. So, um, you know, we're just we're just we're really just trying to get people to get permit in the boat. So that's the end. That's the end goal. End game. Well, aside from the service that you offer your customers in regards to education like that, I mean, there's a lot of information available, you know, even on your website or YouTube. Uh, you know, you've done other podcasts as well. But uh, one thing I've yeah. noticed in regards to your style for, for education is it's um, uh, it's not so much uh, – it's, it's more about you know, give someone like the info so they can work it out for themselves as opposed to sort of, you know, be here, use this. Do you think that that essentially makes a better angler for everyone to sort of teach other people? I, have, I, I Absolutely. You know, we're – you know, all, all, all the staff here, you know, myself, Magic Mike – you know, we're like I said, it's 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 the end game. We want you to be a better angler. Um, you know, you show up at a certain um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's not style, but you show up and and let's say you're a seven. We want you to be a nine when you leave. Mm. Uh, you know, we're 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 as committed as catch uh, as committed to catching a fish as you are. I mean, I want it more than you for sure. Yeah. Um, like I get on the boat in the morning and I'm pushing that, that skiff down the flat. I want it more than you do. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, from sun up to sundown, that's, that's been our philosophy, um, since I started. So it, it you know, that's, that's just how we roll. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like with, with, um, with guides, you know, like, uh, the angler is almost like a drone. <laughs> if you like, um, you know, you're fishing vicariously through, through your angler, um, yeah, you know, by by tuning exactly. that. Yeah, yeah, you like you're like you're tuning the angle, I suppose. It's uh, um, and, and you know, results. it's it's a it's a team effort. You know, like you know, I look at I look at shots at permit, and you know, let's say I think my angler's ready, and I get the boat in the position, and somehow we don't make the cast. So immediately, you know, whatever, say the fish blows out, whatever. Immediately, I start analyzing that right now, and I'm talking to my angler i'm like what could we have done better could i position the boat better could you have waited another half a second on your back cast to tighten that loop more you know like we're constantly in community and, and that's you know the permit the permit dynamic um and and that duo with the caster on the bow and the guide on the back it's it's like you 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 know when you got when you get in sync it's it's you know it's heavenly i mean you just yeah. you, you you're you know when you fish with someone enough and they're on the bow of your boat enough you know, you just, you're in sync you guys know how it is. And, and, you know, I try to get that way with my clients, even if I only see them, you know, one week a year and they only get one week to come down and permit fish by day six or seven, we're in sync, you know, mm -hmm. maybe not day one or two, cause everybody's rusty and haven't seen you in a year, but as the week goes on, we're getting you in sync and we're, we're, we're trying to close the deal on that fish. You know, yeah. it's, uh, per, per, you know, permit, permit are creatures a habit until they're not and good guides and good anglers you know they understand those habits they analyze those habits they're constantly evolving and that's how you get fish in the boat um and if you can you can find an angler that 
that understands those habits, um, as well as a guide that, that helps you, um, put those practices, um, into the skiff, you know, you, you're going to do damage. That's, mm. that's how it is. Yeah. I, and that's the thing as, as well. Like it's not so much even the experience and the time spent with you, you know, if you're teaching these guys and helping them to understand, to adapt and be creative in their thought process for situations, like you said, when they're, they're predictable until they're not, you know, they, they might, they might be an annual yep. trip and they might just spend the whole year just thinking, fuck, I've got to make that shot next time. How can I do that? I've got to practice. I need a better gear. I need to sharpen my flies up the whole, the whole bit, you know, it's, it becomes a, an obsession, I suppose, when mm-hmm. you can, uh, adapt to like when you got the ability to adapt to the scenario, it's, it's, um, yeah, I think it's a good way to, to teach. People, I mean, we, I think. we, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. And it's, it's, it's all the, you know, I, like I said, I want you to leave a, a better angler. And if that means you, you know, you say you didn't catch a fish with me and the next year you went to Mexico. Well, I'm hoping that if you went to Mexico and you took some of the stuff that I taught you and maybe you do get your fish in Mexico, you know, and, you know, if, if that's the case, then, then I've done a little bit of my job. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, hopefully you come back to see me and we can try again, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I will, um, we spoke really briefly earlier about how, how widely you've traveled. Um, uh, have you ever fished in Australia? I have, I mean, did some trolling and stuff, fly fishing. No, not Nas um unfortunately um yeah. you know chasing girls all the jazz so <clears throat> uh no and i wasn't there long enough to to really go explore yeah. but yeah i mean i've i've caught fish in the south pacific um japan all of central america mexico bahamas canada united states um numerous countries in the south pacific yeah uh yeah it's uh it's been a great ride man it really has i mean i've got some bucket list destinations still left to check off but yeah i've been been blessed it's been quite the ride are you um are you keen on on um cracking the other uh permits around the world like some oh absolutely i mean yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i i got invited to go to um sudan oman uh just couldn't make it work um, this last December and, uh, I just, you know, just had family commitments and I couldn't go. Um, I want to get down to Oz, see you boys and, uh, crack those out. And yeah, I mean, um, Josh, Aussie fly fisher invited me down. Luke wants me to come down. I mean, it's just Matt, you know, pushing about 250 days a year, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and and honestly, it's really tough to leave Belize. Yeah, permit here. Yeah, it would, so. I would imagine it would be. It's uh, yeah, no, that's for sure. No, it's a, uh, look, man, it's a tough gig, and uh, not you know, it'd be great to live a Peter Pan lifestyle for sure. I get it, but um, yeah, like, I mean, they're not going anywhere, I suppose. But um, that would be a pretty cool goal to tick off, wouldn't it? Really, to um, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, you, you know, five I'm gonna, species. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it done. I'll get it done. Yeah. I just, you know, it might not be in the next year, but I'll get it done. Absolutely. I'm telling you, when we were in Canton, I looked for, I looked, I looked for him. I could, I spent a whole month every day. I'm like, oh, there's got to be one here. Nope, not there. Yeah. Um, but uh, not. yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I mean, unbelievable bone fishing jeets everywhere. Um, 
Golden Trevally's, um, the dreaded bluefin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dave. But it, yeah, it, no, no windows. It feels like, it feels like, um, permit, and this is a little bit off topic, but permit in the Pacific, really patchy. Like, um, you know, uh, yeah. I'm yet to see a record of one, like, uh, you know, caught in New Caledonia, for example, yet the next island out from Australia, um, from, from that group, so an island group, mm-hmm. mate, group would be Fiji and they're in Fiji, but you know, yep. um, not, not, maybe not, you know, they haven't been seen in, in, um, Kiribati or, or, uh, you know, I'm sure they're in Papua New Guinea and, and up there, but, um, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of weird. They're patchy, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. And then, but then you look at the Atlantic's and that range is so large, you can find them pretty much everywhere you go. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. You guys know more about them than I do, but I'm going to get down there and crack on them for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. a good goal, man. I'd like to do it too. That'd be awesome. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of brushes to make. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, mate, we're going to get, we want to get into the, to the permit chat. Um, Roger. Pretty, pretty meaty. But before we do that, um, you want to tell us about some of the other species that you find in, in Belize? You want to just skim over some of those a bit? Because I've noticed there's some estuaries and things like that there for uh, other yeah. species. Yeah. I mean, we got all three. Um, of the the sport fish so i mean in the north northern part of the country um san pedro key cocker um that north chetimal bay um plenty of bonefish plenty of resident tarpon um and just big schools of you know juvenile permit mm-hmm. um and then in the 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 later part of summer early fall we have a migratory tarpon season um so you know i'd say our residents year round we can get to like you know 30 40 pounds and then you know you can get fish up to 110 120 uh when migratory season you know comes around mm-hmm. um and then of course we've got snook we've got um jack Reval, um offshore um you know if you're into offshore kind of fishing you've got wahoo you've got mahi and uh a little bit of sail fishing but uh yeah for the fly fishing it's mostly those three with the odd jack and snook in there. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. That's, that's basically what you, you, you cater for primarily, right? The, the trace. Yep. So trace. Yeah. The three fish. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And then we have the, the, the fishing tournament, the slam tournament every summer. Um, we haven't had it the last couple of years because of COVID, but, uh, yeah, it's back on, I think for 2023. What's um, that? but yeah, uh, so we're, I think we've had what, 13 years of it. And we've done, uh, basically it's the most grand slams in three days, 20 boats. Oh, that's and, awesome. uh, we donate all the money to worthy environmental causes. So we've donated in the past, to bonefish tarpon trust, uh, green reef, which is a local Belizean, uh, NGO. Um, we've done, uh, last few we've given to the yellow dog community conservation fund. Um, and they've, they've donated some of those projects to help stop the gill net in Belize, which is a huge thing that we did a few years ago. Um, so yeah, we've, uh, basically just give back to the resource that, you know, sustains us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and just, uh, this is, this is off, off topic, but where, tell us about the, uh, how many, how many grand slams typically get caught in those comps? Um, you know, I think four grand slams in three days one boat got i think back in 09 wow was it 09 or 11 i'd have to look back in the 
in the journal. But yeah, usually usually it's two or three that win it. Um, we've had years of bad weather where there's been no grand slams and it just goes on the point system. But uh, yeah, that time of year in the summer, we usually do it late July, early August. So water temps are up and, and uh, you know, you get those kind of like afternoon thunderstorms, but usually in the morning and into early afternoon, it's like bluebird and hot. So really good fishing. Wow. So I'm probably going to, sorry, you're up, that, you're up. Oh, sorry, mate. So in, in that part of the world, like a, a Grand Slam is, is you know, a, quite a common occurrence, right? I mean, I, I would say uh, Belize and Mexico are your best best bet for Grand Slams consistently. Um, the, you know, the Yucatan is just a great spot just because we got all those juvenile bonefish, you know, resident tarpon, you know, there is just, and the permit, there's just so many permit. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those, one of those places where you're, you know, shot at a grand slam is, is I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but, um, there's many days you go out and you'll see all three species Now, whether you catch them all, whole nother story. But I mean, you know, it's, you, you go out a lot and you, you'll see bonefish permit and tarpon in a day. Well, that's where I was going, Volts, as well. That's um, that's that's. It seems like that's there's not many places in to do that, which is what I was going to say. But you've explained that well. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, look. I mean, as as I pointed out at the beginning of the show, um, it was it'd be interesting to make some to see if there's much correlation between what we got here and what you do there. Um, and, and I guess um, you know, trying to figure out the best place place to start when we're sort of preparing these um interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um. I think that probably the best place to start to sort of get to measure between the two would be would be tides. Um, but um, I guess before we start to talk about that and to put it into context, um, we'd want to understand a little bit about your tides and, and the variation that they got there because in Australia, you know, there's going to be huge. people that have, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's places that have got like 11 meter tide variance, you know, and, um, and if you're yeah. talking about, you know, for example, I don't know where you're going to go. I've got a good idea, but let's say you said, you know, my spring tides are what I like. And, and they might have a meter variance. It's not going to really apply yep. to someone who's listening to that. So what what's the situation over there? Um, I mean, our tidal swing is about a foot. Um, it's not it's not a lot. It might be like a one point five or a one point six on like a heavy you know full moon or new moon yep. um, in the spring. But um, for the most part, it's it's anywhere. It's it, it's it averages about a foot. You know, some days it might be seven or eight inches. Um, like this week it's, you know, we're supposed to have like 1.5s, 1.6s with this new moon. And I don't know what was going on in the basin, but man, the water never came the first day. I mean, I could barely get my, my skiff out of the dock. It was almost like dry mud. Well, so, okay. Um, yeah, so they're not, they're not huge, huge, huge tides. Um, like 1.5s, 1.6s are kind of like, you know, big, big, big tides for us. Wow. You have ever have situations where you might. You know, get two low tides. I know how funny that sounds. I hope oh, you know negative I mean. low. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Negative lows. I mean, this is the time of year right now, like November, December, January on the moon. If you have a north wind, it's going to hold all that water out. It's like you just, you know, where they're supposed to be feeding is just dry land, dirt. Yeah. So you know, um, they're hanging on edges, and we like I left the I left the river mouth this morning at daybreak. And, uh, I, I should, I should have known last night cause I saw the cloud formation, but, um, and I, I was short story. I went to go pick up some wine for our guests and I was driving back to the lodge and I, I saw in the mountains, I saw the, the clouds and I was like, I, I said to myself, I'm like, 
fuck, the north wind's coming. And I woke <laughs> up this morning and uh, walking to the dock, and I could feel the cool air, you know. And I was like, shit. Got out the river mouth. Yep, north, and it blew hard today. I'm telling you, I took a beating coming home. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up, I ended up way south fishing north and south points. Um, if the north was north side was blown out and too murky, I fished the south point, but that's where all the fish were today. They were just, you know, we lo- we lost one today. Um, my guy Trout said it. I mean, first one he missed it. I saw the fish pin it against the dirt, and uh, he missed the set, and then recasted to the other fish, and uh, yeah, I mean, fish just pinned it again right in the waves. And came tight and everything, and just tro- I, I'm surprised you didn't snap it off, but just pulled it right out. <laughs> so frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating for everyone, I guess. But uh, yeah. I guess that 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 you could almost loop back to what we talked about in regards to education. Like that dude's probably going to go away spewing about that all year, uh, to only return yep. and just be the, the master strip setter I, after I, that. Another thing too, it's it's day four of seven, I think. Yeah. And he just he caught one. Uh, we caught one two days ago he caught one two days ago with me um real nice fish um and just he fished really good he fit you know a little older and i think just you know it, later on in the week a little more tired i mean we've been getting up at like 4 30 in the morning here so you know when you're 68 years old 4 30 in the morning you do that in the in, in that heat all day long for 10 11 hours i mean by the end of the week you're you're shot yeah so um yeah it was just i think he was a little tired today and that wind kind of did him in and just uh you know he only fishes six seven days a year so for permit so oh. it's just one of those things and we you know we got him to eat that's the best we could do today um the other two boats didn't hurt the other boat only saw four fish today so um you know we we were lucky we we found him in droves <laughs> well, that's, wow. that's pretty cool there's there's a lot to unpack there. there's a couple of bits and pieces we've got planned that we'll circle back to some of those things but just before we get out of the tide talk well it's got one more mm-hmm. question for that and i guess um i guess you know you know when it comes to, to what you know what day to pick off like let's say you know you got a boss and you got to ring up for a sick day what would mm-hmm. be your um pick of the tides for where you are to to have a sicky have a day off from work <laughs> Ooh, don't encourage right people. there i mean I, I always tell people if whenever you can go fishing go fishing and yeah. and honestly Tell you the truth, boys, I fish more outside of Belize than I do in Belize just because I work all the time. You know, we're pushing this boat. I mean, last year, so this is a funny story, and just kind of coincide. The, I, the last permit I caught was um, last August. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, well. And I'm not talking August of 22. I'm talking August of 21. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. You gotta lift you your game, buddy. You get pretty hungry by <laughs> so, now. <laughs> you know i everyone that everyone that gets caught on my boat though is mine so um <laughs> yeah well, i just fair. you know it's a team effort but i you know what kind of tide would i i mean if you had to pick it's one gonna be I know summer, what you're it, it's gonna be summer it's gonna be hot it's gonna be high like eight nine o'clock in the morning so i'm getting up at 3 30 yep. and uh hitting the flat at day you, you can see kind of like 445 450 you know wow. let's just call it five let's just call it it's daybreak at 5 a.m you can start fishing in the on summer Some, sometimes, sometimes a little bit earlier and yeah. that's i would say the first two flats with in the first hour of sunrise high eight o'clock so you're kind of halfway through the incoming yep gotcha. um and uh yeah windward yep. always windward 
So rising tide as opposed to falling tide? Ooh, that's another trick question. I, 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 so you asked me my favorite like time. That's my favorite time. My favorite current. I like yep. outgoing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Remember the last time you had too many four X's and you tried to hit the drive through and they were almost closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I just think it. You know. Incoming tide, you know, kind of lazy that's coming in. I'm going to go get something to eat. I think on the falling tide, for me anyway, in my experience, it, it just a sense of urgency. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, we've, you know, there's only this much water left or, you know, however you think a permit thinks. But I've just, I just, I love that. I love the outgoing tide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Outgoing tide and windward waves. I mean, mash up right there. Windward waves. Well, that, <clears throat> that waves. Uh, that's a that's a good question um, that I'm thinking of there. So, with windward waves, um, is there a reason for that? Like, does it mask your approach a little bit better? Um, they get comfortable. You know, they nobody com- wants no. You don't want calma blanca. You don't want flat calm. Permit fishing. I mean, you, many yeah. times we wake up here and it's <laughs> flat calm, 110 degrees out, and it's beautiful. It's like the most pretty summer day. And everyone's like, oh, we're going to, and you're going to see a lot of permit, but you're not going to get 180 feet from them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they're, um, honestly, if, if you have a really great caster, um, like today was tough. It was blowing, like I told you guys earlier, 25, 30 today. It was, but, you know, we were putting 20, 25 foot shots into the wind and they had no idea we were there. We had permit, some permit spooking like 12 feet from the boat, like tailing mm-hmm. and then looking up and oh my God, there's a skiff there. Right. Like it's just the the waves mask your approach, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, windward waves, outgoing tide. So let's just say you have a, a flats running north to south, right? You have east sea breeze. Yep. So you know, and then the, the the tides going out. So the tides coming from west to east, but the waves are coming from east to west. It yep. just creates that mashup and that current on the windward side, and permit love it, dude. Uh huh. I noticed yeah. your. Um, I notice you're using a, a panga. Um, you're polling from a panga. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> is that is that, uh, is that is that deliberate? Like, why'd you choose that that uh, boat? In um, so uh, we run a lot of open water here. If you've ever looked at, you know, yeah. uh, the Google Earth of Belize, which you guys have, um, it's a lot of deep water, man. Like, I got to cross five miles of inner channel every day to get to the flats. Um, yep. You know, and it's not uncommon to be running through five, five, six, seven foot waves, you know, on your way home. Like today, there were, there was, it was good four or five footers all the way for an hour and a half. Um, That's not Right into the north. <clears throat> you could, you couldn't, you couldn't do that in a 16 or 17 foot Maverick. You'd, 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 you'd destroy it. You'd, <laughs> you wouldn't make it home. Um, so yeah, though, it's, it's, they're for running big water, um, they pull surprisingly wicked upwind. Um, just think of like the water line, like an arrow, right? So once you get your speed and you can pull, you pull that thing straight in the wind effort, effortlessly. Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I love that boat. It's one of the best designed boats I think humans have ever made. Well, let's. Well, really. I mean, you, me, me and Vols have both been in Pangas before. We, you know, we can definitely agree that they're um, that they're, a, they're an incredible boat. You know, they they really are. For what you just talked about, there it makes perfect sense. Um, I guess I wanted to sort of lean into more about when you're on the flat, about um, uh, approach, I guess, and um, 
and and boat crafting, if you like, around those fish. Um, mm-hmm. um, have you got a have you got a game plan in that scenario? Yeah, I mean, it, it uh, honestly, you're just trying to give your your angler the forehand shot. I'm always kind of, you know, looking where the sun's coming from. I never want to throw over, you know, shadow over a fish. I will if I have to, if it's like a you know a fleeting moment or something like that, or it's you know it's like a fire drill and you're like, oh my god, he's right there, make the shot. Um, but if you got time to set it up, you know, I, uh, like in the morning here, you know, wind's coming from the East, um, sun, I kind of like, you know, quarter in. So the sun's kind of on my, you know, port side, port quarter. So if you look, you know, say you look at your nine, 10 o'clock, you're looking right at glare. But if you look at like your 11 or 12, you can see, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that is so reckon that's, that's a direction that the fish come from prefer to feed into as well with that, that light well see the way the way a lot of our flats run you know when, when in the mornings they're feeding right into the current and into the waves so they're 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 feeding from the say the um south southwest into the current and waves coming from the east right mm-hmm. so um yeah they just they're they're always facing towards towards that so they, you know they'll be there'll be 10, 11, 12 o'clock shots, you know, and they'll be facing right to left into the waves and, and you're, you're, you know, you're not throwing line, you know, say from out East, you know, into them and throwing shadows, especially that, that's that low sun in the morning, you know, your shadows really long. So mm-hmm. I prefer to quarter it away. Um, and you know, hit them on the inside of the eyeball. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's interesting. I, I, we're going to, I want to, I really want to talk about the boats, but just while we're on the subject of the shadows there, you know, like, uh, in, in my experience is minuscule. I, I happily admit that, but, uh, I, I wonder in regards to the shadow, not so much the shadow of the boat or the angler, but the leader and the fly line, um, how important that, um, uh, that, that angle of the shot is for that particular species. Do you think it, do you think it matters or like the shadow of the line? Yeah, like in leader line. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, you do it long enough, you, you see all the scenario, the scenarios. But yeah, absolutely that, and it's it's especially crucial that you know, five a.m. to eight a.m. Sun. You know, you're just mm. your 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 pole, you on the tower, your angler on the bow. You're throwing that shadow, especially if you're, you know, coming from east into the west. Right, the sun's right directly behind you. So I like to kind of keep the sun out out by my you know nine ten o'clock so that you know i can quarter that shot away and and not throw a bunch of shadow you know i can yeah. cross the, fl- the fly or the leader if i need to but i'm not throwing fly line and he's not seeing the shadow of the pole or or any of that so you know we do we, you know do the best i can depending where the fish pop up but you know if i have time to set it up i'll definitely give who's ever on my bow the best opportunity and the best shot do you think uh fish are gonna potentially bail um from visual or 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 more more so than sound like by, by your approach on the boat maybe the pole hitting the a certain type of bottom or anything See, like that's, that that's that's that that's that's the kind of thing where you know you know like the windier it is for me the better if you can hold that boat and you know into the waves and i mean you can get i always tell people like if, it, if it's blowing 15 to 20 knots i can get you 20 foot shots from the boat the fish the fish are in the waves their heads are down you know, um, and they're, they're, they're doing their thing, but they're masked by all that sound. Right. So, yeah, I mean, waves slapping against the bow, your pole hits the thing. I mean, it, it masks a lot of that and, uh, you know, allows you to get closer. You know, you can it, get, it, you can get super close. 
it's kind of all relative, really, though, isn't it? I suppose. I mean, I mean, you've got a competent caster, and you get that um, that slick out conditions. I mean, you know, put pick a fish off at hundred feet is probably not going to be a problem. But um, but sending that sending that same yep. crab fly in, in uh, thirty knots of wind, um, hundred feet for anyone is going to be going to be a mission. Yeah, no, same not with, happening. Yeah, yeah not, it's not happening. Same with <laughs> same with the waves against the boat, right? I mean, like it's um, I mean, the windier it is, anyone who's ever you know, gone under the water in any circumstance with goggles or a tank or not is going to hear how noisy it is under yep. there. Sure, but um, uh, I mean, yeah. the he- the heavier the wind, yeah. the heavier noise against the boat, all that sort of stuff. But um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying, though. I guess for for your and we're and, you know we're we're kind we're we're kind of lucky too, like the way the flats are, right? So, a lot of times I'll I'll put my boat position right up against the flat on the leeward side, right? But the fish are on the other side of the flat. Now I'll still be able to pull my boat across, but I'm not getting the full effect of those waves because the flats, you know, um, dampening it, right? So yeah. I'm pulling. To, I'm pulling the leeward side with my with the with the bow of the panga right against the grass, let's say, or the coral, go running down that edge, quarter and away from the sun, giving my angler that 11, 12 o'clock shot while those fish are 20, 30 feet away in the waves, mm. right? So, and it's good too if you hook a fish and you can't get it, the, the guy can jump right off the boat into a foot or two of water and go chase that thing down. Um, yeah, okay. Or if I can get the boat across, I pull it straight into the waves across the flat out in the deep. So. Yeah, I gotcha. You know, yeah, I understand. Typical, typical Sunday, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How far away do you cut the uh, the petty motor when you hit a flat? Uh, like from the flat? Yeah, like that's. I mean, I mean, you're gonna have to get on the flat to pole. I get, I know, but um, you know how um. I mean, these fish are always moving and, and stuff, I guess. Yeah, uh, they're not, I mean, they're not, they're, I mean, I, I can't tell you, it happened a couple times this week where I've motor rep to the edge of a flat, get on the tower, and I look down, and there's a school of five fish you know, yeah, okay. sitting right there. And it's, you know, I never saw them when I was driving up. And, you know, I have a habit of, like, not sitting down in my boat, like, when I'm driving. It's very, like, say if I'm crossing the channel on the way home, I will, but when, I, when I'm fishing, I'm always standing and driving. And I feel, I feel that's just a, a great skill to have because you're always on the lookout, you know, you're, you're scanning flats, you're, you're other, you're sitting down, you're, you're, you know, it's, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, um, you know, for, for, for me to spook fish on the edge of a flat like that, I mean, I'm usually when I'm pulling up to a flat, I'm on idle and I'm standing up and I'm looking around, or is there tails on the, on the corner, you know, is there something in the waves on the outside? Do I see flashes in the white sand in five feet of water in front of my boat? You know, and then I'll shut the shut the boat off and and then start pulling. But you know, that's a, that's one of my things. I just I like to stand when I drive. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So um, when the we we spoke about you're, you're seeing tailing fish at times, um, and uh, you know, obviously there's a few different scenarios. But you know, when I look at your your web page, you've got you've got some really instructional videos on on feeding um, feeding the fish in particular. There's one. I found really useful uh, the hula hoop analogy where you you know you you visualize it's the best that. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you expand on that for the listeners? I mean, it's just it's one of those, you know, the the window to to catch a permit is fleeting, right? You have the tide. That's it. Now, whether they're feeding it on incoming or they're feeding it on the outgoing, you know, they feed, they leave, and you know, so many times as a guide, you're you know you're getting shots and your angler is short right left you guys know how it is and mm. and it's just trying to work with that angler to try to get them you know 
to tell them where to cast and that the hula hoop analogy just came up and it was just like, you know, like shooting a basketball, you got to get it in the net, right? Well, same with the fly cast. It's like, if you're not putting it in that hula hoop in front of that fish's face, chances are that that fish's head down when he's feeding on crabs, he's not going to see that, you know, mm. it, it waves are going everything. If you, you know, you put it two feet on the inside, the first wave's going to take it five feet out the back. That fish never saw the fly. So, you know, it just, it was one of those, one of those things I just came up with, it's like to instruct people on the front of the boat. It's like, let's get it in the hula hoop and, you know, out of 10 casts, if you're getting it only one time out of 10, well, it's going to take a long time for the first to catch a permit. If you're getting right. five or six times out of 10, we're going to start catching. So that's, it's just a simple numbers game. You know, the more times you put that fly in the hula hoop in a day, the more permit you're going to catch. Yeah, man, I've, yeah. I've heard you say before that you would rather have the angler hit the fish than not be than absolutely not see it. That's that's Muscle a pretty... memory. I mean, if you learn if if you learn if you learn to hit the fish, eventually you're going to learn to put it in the hula hoop. I mean, you know, we had it today that the first fish I went to the first flat um, didn't see anything. It was all murky. Went to the south end, saw like a 22 pounder was tailing and. Uh, my buddy, I mean, he, he bonked that. I mean, you couldn't have bonked it. He hit it like a sledgehammer, right? Cranial just, and it wasn't even like a soft, you know, it was windy. It wasn't even like a soft presentation. I mean, he shot that thing in the face and, <laughs> and the thing just blew off, blew off the flat. And I was, and, and you know, he was all frustrated. I'm like, I'm like, man, it's blowing 20 miles an hour. This is earlier in the morning. It's blowing 20 miles an hour, right? Straight into the wind. You made an epic shot, man. You should be happy. If we had been a foot more to the right, we probably would have a fish on right now, you know, of course he felt shitty about that, but I mean, it's just, it's one of those things we're dealing with 20 knots of wind boats drifting, you know, I'm trying to hold it. And you know, he came up, you know, 20, 25 feet from the boat, but I mean, he put it, he put a great shot. And like I said, aggressive is always good. Don't be, you can't be, you know, timid because timid, you're going to be four feet short, three feet short, you know, and it's just like permit only give you so many opportunities for a cast, you know, you got to get it there the first or second time after that, it's downhill from there. They've they've seen or heard that fly two or three times in the air already. You know, it's just your your opportunity is just fleeting at that moment. So yeah, absolutely. If they're bonking fish on the head, good, good. good. I'd like to I'd like to point out that this is probably whether people realize it or not who are listening to this in Australia right now. This is probably some of the most exciting advice you can have. Now, I you probably be you might be um, interested to learn, Will, that. There's a there's a guy in Australia here that I know that um, I'm going to name his name's Paul Dolan. Um, he's a big fan of yours. He's probably going to be listening to this, and um, he's had a, a great amount of success over the last 12 months. And I know that he would um, he <laughs> would attribute a lot of that to your videos in regards to the um, to the hula hoop thing, right? So, yep. uh, I mean, I'm not telling anyone anything that they wouldn't hear Paul say. I'm, I'm hope I, Jesus, I hope I don't have to edit this out because um, I might run it past him. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, my point is that in Australia, the 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 approach has been, you know, to lead those fish, you know, quite a, quite a while. Like for a lot of people, there's going to be some people going to argue with me about this, but I think in general, that's been the go. I think it's been surprising no. to see to see people like um have a certain like a lot of success with being that more aggressive, having that more aggressive approach. Um, you're saying that uh, you know these fish are going to see the fly or be in the vicinity where the fly lands and see it descend, yeah. right? Um, and that's that's yeah. that's what you'd like to see more than you know predicting its path and have it pick it up off the bottom, right? 
Yeah, I mean, there's certain situations where you, like, if it was, like, dead calm, white sand, flat, crystal clear water, then, yeah, then the hula hoop gets bigger. You know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, the standard hula hoop, I mean, I tell you what, I'm coming to Australia, I'm shooting him in the face myself. Yep. I, I get on the flat there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm sending it right to his face. And, yep. yeah, I might blow it one or two, but I'm gonna feed those fish eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know... It's it. I just I really 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 believe, you know, you you just got to put it right there for them to see it. Like I said, yeah. permit like to be upside down. You guys all know that tails in the air, um, you know, and they they they're just looking at dirt, looking for you know what's what's there, and we need to put it there. And if we're not putting it there, then we need to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. So. It's very interesting because uh, we we had Brandon King on the show a little while ago from um, from Oman with the Africanus, um, yes, and he yes. was talking about the same thing. Just bomb it, hit him in the head. You know, that's that's the most effective way yeah. in that scenario over there. Um, it's very interesting. There are guys. I should I should say that I have left out other guys that have also told me that they have that technique. But I guess I'm just generalizing in Australia before people get pissed off with me in saying that you know that's more <laughs> more of the accepted general approach to to lead them um, a fair way. But like you said, it uh, depends on the scenario as well. Like you said, you know. Uh, yep, but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd be, I'd only be leading fish in calm, calm conditions. Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to put it right there. But I think, you know, I mean, let's talk about the differences. I mean, I, I haven't caught um, Pacific fish yet, so um, you guys are the experts on that. But the Atlantic fish, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, like you said, everyone's using everybody's techniques, right? Like it's, it's got to be interchangeable for sure. Seems to be for sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we got um, old school permit flies like the like I don't know if it's I don't know where it comes from, but in Australia we got this one called a Felty's crab, which was sort of around when in its infancy of permit fishing in Australia, which was a split shot. Um, you know, a split shot uh, mm -hmm. set up the leader about three hundred mil um, to a floating crab to set off the bottom. Um, you know, and that that was a that was a fly that was apparently more effective to be cast aggressively at the fish as well, which you know. People are always learning and stuff like that, but I mean, like that's a um, that's a more of a pro when we look at say something like Dave Scott's um, um, strong arm crab, you know the way Nathaniel Linfield fishes yep. that, like you know slow yep. and, and they come up off the bottom and they pick it up. Even that is not something that's yep. um, widely done in Australia. But I've seen in your videos like the flies that you're using there, like they're not on, they're they're, they're getting uh -huh. stripped and then they're, they're not on the bottom either, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. there's there are guys in Australia. I mean, a, that have a lot of these. Right, sorry, mate. Yeah, you go. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the flies, I mean, that I see are you know can use them everywhere, and you know for, for here anyway. I mean, there a lot of these these. I mean, I, I mean, again, it depends on the 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 situation, but I mean, I love I like to stop the crab and let it drop right, and then right, you know, I mean, as I'm as I'm seeing that crab fall in the water or I'm assuming it's falling in the water, depending on what the current's doing and what my angler's doing with his strip, I'll tell him to stop. And then right before the fish, you know, the fish sees it, goes over, and right before he gets there, I give it one more twitch. And that's usually the game changer. If the fish is going to eat, he's going to eat it right there. Um, and you can tell by the body language right away, right? So, I mean, it's, you know, the, the strong arm, I, I like to do that with the strong arm because it's, you know, sinks fast, especially on the jig hook. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. kind of cheating. Hey Will, are you just while we're on the topic of, of eating fish? Are you are you are you striking off off feel or off visual? Like with the fishes, you know, um, tipping. I mean, I, I there's a there's a cut there. I mean, 
obviously if in, the, in the in the perfect world it's a visual cue for me i mean i see that fish go over to the fly i see him like today i twice i mean literally saw the fly disappear you know because it was over like a tan white bottom you know the yep. waves are breaking on and you know they like literally the fish surf in the wave and pin the thing to the dirt and yep. you know i was like and i was like long strip and he was just he was just way too you know way too slow and and they spit it on us um you know you could kind of i could kind of see the 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 tip of the fly rod do that little ping you know what i mean like you know something let's Mm -hmm. go real quick um and then they they that fish kind of spooked right knew it ate something and something weird happened so it turned and was going to leave and it took the other ones with him and he recasted and you know same thing that the next fish turned in the way and pinned the thing to the flat again and we finally we hooked him saw that my visual cue was he pinned it you know like upside down um i saw the line go tight you know the fly line comes up off the water right you get that tight broad tip to fish connection and then i mean he murdered the trout set hard murdered it like i thought when it came out when it came out, it snapped, and I, I mean, I thought he snapped the leader in half, and it, he just it just pulled out. He just I thought you know I'm like, does the hook broke? <laughs> but no, it just it pulled oh, out. But um, yeah, yeah. For and all. Uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? It's permit fishing. Let me let me ask you something. Um, it's a little bit off off our plan, but uh, I'm interested in it in in Australia. Um, the annex here, like they will um over clean sand and stuff, they will um, attempt to rub the fly. Like, you'll see them rubbing their face against the sand, you know, just attempt, oh, attempt to sort of, like, they do that here. over there too? Yep. They do, they do the same here. I mean, so, like, you guys have seen the the Google Earth. We have a lot of, um, you know, deep, deep water submerged flats. So, it'd be like shallow water, one to three feet, and then surrounded by 80 to 100 feet of water. So, but like, if, if you have an expansive flat, um, a reef flat or something you'll hook those fish and you'll see them run do one or two initial runs and then you'll see them like do another run and then they stop and shake and they're trying to rub it out on the rocks almost like they got a crab pincher in their lip right yeah, yeah. so and they're just and, and that's happened before i've had it several times you know where you've had a fish on real good and you've been fighting them 10 50 minutes and they've rubbed that thing out straight up i literally you watch them swim straight out at 100 yards they stop and you see them shake and then you're, you know, slack. You're like, oh my god, he just pushed it out. <laughs> oh, my heart sinks even hearing about that. That's horrible. Brutal, That's horrible, horrible feeling. Brutal. Yeah. Just middle, fi- middle, middle fingers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I asked you what your favorite tie was. What's your favorite scenario to find if you're personally fishing? Your favorite scenario to find permit in? Oh. I mean, ones that want to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, do you think um, if, if you had to curate the most perfect scenario uh, for yourself, which is obviously fancy, but I mean, it's, it's- um, early morning on foot for me, early morning on foot. Yep. Um, you know, anywhere, I don't know, six, seven in the morning, that, that golden light, tail and windward side, dude. Absolutely. Swing, swing it on the inside, hit him in the eyeball in the hula hoop. <laughs> And let him let him just like see it go by his eye, and he just freaks out and turns around and murders it. Yeah, nice. It, and yep, right. What sort peak. of what sort of bottom are, are you are you walking on there? Um, we've got grass, we've got sand, we've got uh, coral. Um, try not to walk on coral. Um, 
you know, it's a living organism. So there's lots of flats here that are a lot of dead coral that you can walk on. But, um, you know, where we fish is 70, 80% boat fishing out of the skiff. And there are opportunities to get out. Um, you know, a lot of times when it's flat, calm, we'll walk just a little bit quieter. Or what I'll do is, because I know what I, where I'm going and, you know, not having a whole bunch of people walk out, I'll keep my anglers in the boat and I'll drag the boat by hand. So oh, I'll hey, walk cool. the flat and pull the... Yeah, and pull the boat behind me. So the angler is still elevated enough to see, but I can still walk quietly enough, quietly enough, um, and walk up on those fish and give my angler shots. So that's that's a a little thing that I do. And you um you, you alluded to uh, oh sorry, Vols, did you want to go? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I was I was got I got a little bit lost in that shot. I was visualizing the um the scenario and um. It, it it um it's mouthwatering um but getting back to something you said earlier about uh you know there's the other uh, a magic mic um in your team um is uh can you give us a rundown on that for the um uh, oh, for the magic mic if you haven't yeah. fished with magic mic you, you i mean do yourself a favor i mean <laughs> the man's a legend and he's 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 a legitimate belizean treasure for sure um and one of my one of my best mates. I mean, we we happened upon each other when I opened up the permit club back in 2016. I'd actually met him um, when he was a stuck up snob back in 2013 at the book <laughs> signing um, for Flyfish Belize. I hope he's going to listen to this too, Magic. Um, but I was the first time he was uh, he was actually he guided out at Turner Flats. Um, for a dozen years, like 40 weeks a year away from his family all week would get to come home for one night and then repeat. Imagine doing that 40 weeks a year. Um, so he would literally be home. Yeah. I mean, it was, he, you know, for 12 years, he, he, you know, didn't watch his kids grow up. I mean, he was just out there, um, learning that fishery and, and crushing it. Pardon me. Sorry. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, is uh, so Magic Mike in Australians would be going. Who, who's Magic Mike? Like we've seen a movie called Magic Mike. Um. <laughs> so Mike Mike Anderson is my right hand guy here at the Permit Club, um, uh-huh. Vice President Extraordinaire, um, and just one of one of the best permit guides you'll ever find. I mean, the dude is contagious with laughter. Listens to reggae all day. Um, loves his Michael Jordan and basketball, and. Um, Believe it or not, little known fact is an unbelievable football player, and by football I mean soccer. So yeah, <laughs> he's 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 a he's just I mean, a lot of people have caught their first permit with Magic Mike, and there's a reason. So he's like a yeah, pretty good person to know, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives he lives right down the road. Sometimes he sleeps on my couch. He's uh, you know, when, when, when his wife's mad at him. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, are you running between both stores? Uh, no, I'm down here full time. Um, like when we opened it up back in 2016, I kind of, um, you know, I got an office manager up in San Pedro. So we run, um, they, they manage the guides up there. My head guy up there, Rojo is just bang up guy. He's been with us for shit, 13 years now. So, um, they're crushing it up there. He caught a huge, like 30 pound permit the other day. It was ridiculous. I, I, I the photo would blow your mind. Yeah. Um, 
uh, and then, uh, yeah, so they're running it up there. I've been down here full time. Um, you know, when I was up there, I was guiding all three species. Um, but you know, since being down in on, but permit was always my thing down here. It's, I mean, when I'm pushing a skiff, we're, we're permit fishing all the time. The, the Southern end of Belize looks more like the, um, the sand flats where San Pedro looks like more of those reef flats. Is that, is that a poor observation? Is that uh well up north is usually uh sand limestone um and some like uh mangrove lagoons and creeks and stuff which is good for the bonefish population yeah um down here it's more submerged coral flats more more conducive more conducive to um permit fishing i mean there's a few places you can find bonefish down here but it's just not conducive environment and there is tarpon in the river, and you can find tarpon in the cuts out by the reef. But for the most part, down central central Belize is a permit fishery primarily. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to answer you into a um, a debate that I'm sure happens all around the world: uh, mono versus fluoro. <laughs> mono <laughs> to tie knots, fluoro for abrasion resistance. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do you, do you construct yeah. leaders with both materials for that reason? Uh, no, um, I don't. Uh, I don't construct my leaders. I I'm not a big fan of knots. I, I'd like I like tapered floral leaders. Um, knots refract light, and light scares fish. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Point. Yep. Yeah. Um, so which ones are you using? Um, uh, I got hatch floral. Uh, hatch mm-hmm. floral carbon leaders is what I use. I mean, you know, here. I'm fishing any, any anywhere between nine and twelve feet, depending, you know. And if I'm going to add something, I'm going to add it on the butt section. I'm never going to add it on the fly end ever. Okay. Um, but that not so reason. Yeah. yeah. So if I yeah exactly. So if I if you know I'm running a nine foot hatch and I want to add, I'll I'll add you know two or three feet of fifty or sixty pound you know hard mono or something like that. Um, <laughs> turn it over. But yeah, that's kind of like the, the setup that's on my nine weight right now. And what Wait. tip is that? Like what? I was gonna, that's where I was going. Yep. Um, it depends. Like usually, you know, I'm running nines and tens in my boat. Um, if it's a real calm day, I'll bring an eight. So let's say I had eight, nine, ten. I'd run uh, twelve, sixteen, twenty. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's sort of we we usually between between twelve and sixteen, I guess. But we don't have thirty pound yep. permit either. You know. Mm. So that's good. I mean. You, you be, I mean, I mean, if you've ever seen an, if you've ever seen an Andy Mill video pull on a tarpon, I mean, there you can you can do some surprisingly amazing things with twenty pound test. It's insane. Yeah, yeah he's got a, he's got a great video of the of um pulling twenty pound over a table, isn't he with um with the bucket bucket yep. full of sand? Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, it's an yeah, eye it's, it's amazing. If you know if you know how leverage works and and you know and you can you know how to fight fish, I mean, you can put some serious meat. Um, on that stuff. But I mean, my standard rig, I mean, if I'm going to go fishing 99 times out of a hundred, it's a nine weight, 16 pound, and I'm probably running 10 foot a liter. What about, uh, what about as far as, um, the knot at the terminal end, you're running clinch knots or a loop knots for that, for that same reason uh, of visibility? Um, I mean, usually I only run like a loop knot if I'm fishing like a bait fish pattern. So, um, I just like the, 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 the clinch is just easy for me. I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, the loop swims better. I mean, I don't think the permit's like, hey man, it's a clinch. I'm not eating it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it, yeah, uh, my, mine's a clinch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's yeah for crabby, shrimpy sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. In the, the day, a lot of the actions in the in the fly anyway. Really, yeah. Material selection. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Yeah, I guess this leads us down the other dark path, and that is um, fly lines. Um, now, I guess it's probably fair enough to talk about fly rods with fly lines because you know, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can it, it, various combos will change the outcome. But I'm not so much interested in like uh, you know what suits a nine weight. More about um, you know, tapers and um, and sink rates or, or floating lines, which which way you decide to go. I mean, mo- mo- I mean, fly lines. I mean, the one on my rod right now. I'm, f- I'm throwing the Cortland Tropic Compact. I mean, it's got that short head. Um, yep. I like the color of it, and it just turns over when you need it to turn over. Um, and I've used them all, Airflow, Rio. I've used, but you know, court this this Cortland Tropic Compact. I would say is probably my favorite fly line ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shameless Cortland plug right there too. Um, I tend to tend to but, agree, man. Uh, great yeah, tapers at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a, it's just a great fly line, man. It's super smooth. It comes it, it comes out of the box, um, you know, just supple and and yeah, it's it's uh, it's my favorite right now. Um, yeah, that's it's it's a good one. That's that's my go to right now. Yeah, on my nine weight sector. Yep, <laughs> jamming them in. Um, you know, do you do you run intermediate lines at all? Uh, not really. Um, there are some 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 places that I like to fish in the summertime when the water warms up. That's a little bit deeper. I might do an inter- intermediate tip. Yep. Um, uh, we we this is this is another plug. We've uh, started a, a Belizean liveaboard. Um, it's kind of you know we've offered it for the last couple of years to our repeat clientele. Um, and there's a bunch of spots that I've been fishing that's, you know, say six to eight feet deep. And, uh, these fish are, you know, cruising and, uh, maybe not necessarily eating on the bottom, but eating mid water column. So, um, yeah, I've been fishing on those trips. I've, you know, I'm always, I got an inter- intermediate tip for sure. Glad you went there. Cause I was going to bring up some scenarios, I guess, of, um, of, of places that, you know, we find permit, which should I want to see first of all if it happens there as well, but also mm-hmm. um, you know your approach to that scenario, I guess. And um, one of them was the uh, was those high riding perms, you know, as in not those ones that are just you know dark and on a mission, just you know, but those ones that might be singles or doubles that are just meandering around close to the surface of the water in maybe six feet of water or so. Um, mm-hmm. Get that that happens there, yeah. Oh yeah, it happens yep. a lot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, happens. I find, too. I, I, I find I find I find those fish a lot in that, you know, like six to eight to 10 feet of water off the edge of a flat, you know, and those fish are on a mission and they're eating and you just need to, you know, it hard place to pull a B hard place for clients to see those fish. C hard place for me to see fish if that's cloudy. Um, but you know, it, it you know, turn it, you know, pulling a skiff in that deep of water, you know, it's, it, turning it is tough so a lot of yeah. those fish bounce bounce a lot you know you just hit the boat and you're, shit there they are and they they're, they're gone but um have had a lot of luck with those those deeper water fish you know when they're kind of like three four feet below the surface and uh yeah it's uh i've got a little secret pattern that i've been throwing to them and it's been it's been pretty successful i actually Got a buddy of mine who's a, a fly tire doing bringing some stuff down in two weeks actually that we're going to try out. 
Um, now we get into the yeah. juice. Come, come on, man, you got to give us some sort of uh, maybe don't, don't don't yeah, just some sort of insight. Uh, so so Doug Doug McKnight's coming down. You guys know Dougie, Doug Bug, um, Doug McKnight, um, yeah. from Livingston, Montana. So he's uh, he's going to be down here uh, second week of February on the new uh, or yeah last quarter. Sorry, last quarter going into the new. And uh, yeah, we just I've been hounding him about this fly and. He's coming down, and yeah, I'm gonna put it to use. So well, yeah, um, it, it's interesting. I mean, and so these fish are gonna require something that's um. I mean, like you said, they'll bounce pretty easy. Like they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna require a specific approach because they don't have the head down, looking looking and feeding. So you can't. I guess you can't be as aggressive with these fish. But um. Yeah. But also, but also. Oh, not, nece- if, not, not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. I mean, I feel yeah. I feel like a fish in deeper water is more comfortable. Right. Obviously, because it's got the safety of deep water. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, like, it's, it's also... Yeah. yeah, so you go, mate. Apologize. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, but it's it's more, uh, for lack of a better term, lateral, you know? So it's probably more aware of, of its peripheral uh, as far as to where you are, as opposed to sort of yep. scanning that hula hoop but when it's down, n- nuzzling yep. around with space down. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm figuring, I'm just... I'm not trying to... Uh, <laughs> get you to admit your fly design but um i guess this this approach is so let me yeah. let me let, let me ask you that let me ask you this question right now so when a fish is in one to three feet of water on a flat what's he what's he eating he's in one to three feet i mean it's very possible that he's yeah so he let's, he's tailing on a flat the yeah. permit and the weather what's he eating but, uh uh, benthic strata species, <laughs> uh, fish that uh, probably unlikely, Perhaps. unlikely anything that's in the um. In that's the, water the column, answer right the there. Bottom. So the, the key is the, the the key is the water depth, right? Yep. So when you have a permit, it's probably the same in Australia. I would I would assume so. That's with my knowledge. I, I would I would probably think that if I found a permit on a white sand flat in one to three feet of water, tailing, he's probably eating crab, sea lice, um, maybe a mantis shrimp. Um, that's burrowed into the bottom. I don't know, um, yep. but th- for the most part, in that in that tropical water on a flat tailing, he's probably eating a crab, right? What do you think a mm-hmm. fish in six to eight feet of water is eating? Well, you can also say crabs there. I mean, there's there's like uh, how many times? How not? There's not enough crabs. I mean, you could throw a crab out there and you'd probably eat it. But yeah. how many crabs do you see swimming in six to eight feet of water? Not a great deal. Not a school of them. That's for sure. Probably more yeah, fish, that- I guess. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's yeah. You might see bait fish. Permit don't really eat bait fish. I mean, there's instances where you can catch big ones and like tarpon, tarpon flies and stuff. Um, but you know, most most of those fish in the deeper water, right? Those big shrimp, right? But what else swims in that deep water? Um, Think big shrimp. What's it called? Prawns. Lobster. Uh, lobster. Yeah. Squid. 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 Wow, interesting. I've yep. heard a, an interesting fact about squid. They reckon that they reckon that all fish will change their behavior to eat a squid. It's permanent. I'm no telling you right now. I am telling you right now. Those fish that I'm finding in this, you can't air this now. You got to edit this out. Those fish that I'm <laughs> finding um, in the deeper water in the summer are eating squid, and I know this because I've seen hatches of them. So. Yep. you know um and they're 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 huge dude that these things you know that you you drive in your skiff they jump in your boat they get ink everywhere all these things they're fat they're fat they're 
I mean, they're just six, seven inches long, you know, two, three inches around. I mean, they're just big. And and those fish that are cruising that deep water on the outsides of those flats and those keys and on reef edges and stuff are looking to eat that. You, and the thing is, is, I mean, there, there is, there is squid flies out there, but it, it, you know, not, they're not the right ones. They had, you know, and, and this is what my friend Doug and I have been talking about for a while. And I think we come up with it. So we're going to see what happens. And I'm, I'm yep. so keen to see yeah. the success with this. This will be good. It'll be great. And, you, know, uh, you know what's weird with squid? I'm just jumping in here as a real random observation. Is is that, and, and, and as Captain Obvious, they look so different when they're swimming forward and backwards. Like, I wouldn't know how, to, mm-hmm. how that translates to fly, fly design. Like, you know, when they're, I mean, when they're not, they're like almost stationary. Like, yeah, and, I mean, it, you know, it's the way you time on a fly is it's got to go the one way, obviously, um, yeah. to, for it to look for it to be right. But, um, the big key of that is, I mean, those, those, they're protein. I mean, it's just a protein. It's just a solid piece of protein. Mm. I mean, that 20 pound, 25 pound, 30 pound fish, 35 pound fish. I mean, that's an eater. You don't get that big without eating. And, you know, you, you put, you know, water temperature, 86 degrees, sunny, outgoing tide eight ten feet of water you mm. know and he doesn't know you're there and you drop that thing two feet in front of him on an intermediate clear tip line i mean hold the fuck on uh-huh. yeah that's wild that's, that's so uh, uh, yeah. no that is that is left field as fuck that's that's great that's awesome um, sorry so when, when you say take that i'm telling you guys hit, hit the yeah. hit the vice tie up some sick tan and clear and pink and and baby blue squids with some black in it maybe a rattle, I don't know. And, and, you know, on litter, articulate it, if you want, put it on an intermediate tip or even a full intermediate, if you want, if you're going on white sand flat and find, find some of those big suckers and throw that thing and then call me. Super wow. interesting. Me there's, there's actually more, more species than permit that I think that that would, well, obviously GTs as well, but oh, yeah. there's uh Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, yeah, that's, gonna be taking that one i mean I, I, I don't know i don't know how big i don't know how big the permit down there yet but i mean if there was a 30 pound australian permit cruising around and you threw a gt squid at it i'd 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 i'd, I'd, I'd bet it eat it wow yeah i don't know how big, i mean getting them around a meter why would it not yeah i, I guess well how, like there's another common saying with permit like bring the bring the jack out of it which we call travali obviously but you guys yep. call mm-hmm. jack you know like that's it's sort of along those lines right yeah, I mean, if you and, and if you've ever seen one of those big permit, and uh, you know, they're lazy swimmers. Those things are lazy. They're big. They move slow like a bus. You know, they're just moving around. They're looking around, and you put that thing right there in its peripheral, out of the corner of its eye, and it's got that right movement and that right. And it, dude, it's gonna murder it. Wow! Like you said, it's gonna it's gonna bring out that jack, and, yeah. and it's. You're probably gonna snap it off. Actually, I mean, it's probably just gonna it's gonna freight train you, and you know, it's <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> see we're gonna see in two weeks. I'm gonna try. That I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find them because the water might be still too cool. But I'll I'll, I'll throw it at whatever I do find. <laughs> two rods rigged up. Well, I guess you'd be hunting that depth of water, right? Is that what you're saying? You're looking for yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Water. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go hunt it. But the water temperature right now is only like 80. I think probably cooler actually from this north wind. So it'll take a few days, but. Hopefully the weather warms up and we get 
no, you know, no more rain and, you know, maybe we can get that water temperature to bump up to 82 or something. It'd be nice. Yeah. Right. So do you um, find, do you find, like, yeah, do you find, um, you get different sort of behaviors and at different times of the year and different sort of water depths out of the permit? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, this, this time of year, they're super finicky just cause you're running cold fronts across the Gulf. You know, it's, 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 we've actually been really lucky. What have we got? I think we got four fish this week already with these guys. Um, yeah. Lost the other one today, but we've 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 had some really really tough tide. Um, but you know the weather's been really hot and warm, you know, which is kind of unseasonable right now. I mean, it's been like eighty five degrees, eighty seven degrees, but just hot and humid, right? Mm. Um, just pretty, and we've had east wind for four or five straight days, which was, you know. The, the fish they they get happy like that so i knew it was going to happen this week when i saw the the weather forecast i'm like oh they're going to chew with this moon and you know this wind's stabilized out from the east they're, they got to they got to eat one day first day tide was really low never saw anything those guys you know the clients were all kind of bummed out oh you know this, this is going to be a bad week i'm like just it's the first day got to be patient the next day we got two mm. so it you know, it's, uh, you definitely see the behavior, man. And that, that weather, weather window is key. <laughs> I had to Google it. 80 degrees Fahrenheit for, uh, Aussies is, uh, 26 degrees Celsius. So that's, mm -hmm. um, that's sort of, um, on the cooler end of where we find them as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tell everybody, they ask me what my favorite time of year is. I love summer. And the only reason being water temperature, that's it. You get those hot, 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 hot days it might thunderstorm at night and stuff but that humidity and that you know 90 91 degrees fahrenheit and then it turns that water into 85 86 and that's permit love that so yeah. at least where we are yeah nice um i'm gonna steer us back to um to, to fly design just a little bit um one thing i wanted to ask you um let's leave name patterns out of for a second okay but, but talk about observations as humans and what we think appeals to permit um, I heard you say before in some of the other stuff that the permits see everything. Um, you know, they've got massive eyes. They've got that big ESP dome on yep. the fucking front of their head. Who knows what's in there? But, I mean, there's no doubt about it. They've got, they, they're pretty, they're pretty um, clever as far as what they can decipher from what's real and what's not. Do you think in fly design, realism is more important than like a caricature type design or, or vice versa? I mean, the biggest... <sighs> The biggest thing for me with the, with design is is you know you got to figure out what they're eating obviously and you know mm -hmm. size and color plays the the biggest part in in my part of the world. Yep. Um, you know, um, and, and as real as you can get it, I, I don't like flash in my fly, especially yep, a I, agree. Fly. I don't like no shine, none of that. I don't want any of that. Yeah. Um, I like contrast a little bit, not all. Like, you know, will I throw a, a dark green crab on a white sand bottom? No, but will I throw a white crab with like green eyes? Yes. Yep. Uh, you know that that kind of thing. Subtle subtle variations is kind of, you know, um, here they like small crabs, size six. You know, they're eating these small crabs. You know, tan, white, olive. Um, you know that you know small flexo, small strong arms. That's what we're doing. You know, can you catch a fish on a, on a, a size one, you know, EP crab? Yeah, mm -hmm. you can. Um, but, you know, I, I, 
I'd rather go with a size six camo any day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. But I mean, like, I mean, you you would say that, like, say even Alflexos. I mean, they're a critter looking thing, right? I mean, the strong yeah. arm. I mean, as a human, we know that it's not a real looking crab. But we're we're yeah, um, the, we're counting on permit to have such good vision that yeah. they're they're probably more appealing to the the quick reaction of that of the of the aspects that make it decide that it's real, as opposed to um yeah. as, as opposed to like oh that that is hundred percent the same crabs that I eat. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, as, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I guess it comes down to like, I mean, you, I guess you could argue, say, if you were going to appeal to that, like some of the more important things, like you said, as far as weight, uh, size, and color, would be also um, doing what it's meant to do by riding hook point up and and all that sort of carry on. As yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's got to fall right. It's it's you know it you know it's for the water depth it's in. I mean, it you know you put you you open someone's fly box. And you look in it, and they're like, "Oh, I brought all these flies." And me as a guy, I want one that looks buggy, straight up. What's the buggiest looking one? I'm gonna look something for. Uh, say, I want. I'm like, I want a small green crab. I'm gonna look for green in the box. I'm gonna look for small. And is it buggy? You know, yeah. it's got great legs. Is it? You know, I tie it on, and then I put it. How many times have you tied on a crab and you drop it in the water? And it falls hook point down. You're like, "Fuck!" You cut it off, and you gotta go to the next one. Yeah. You know, it. 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 You know, it's like this thing looks great, but it wasn't tied properly, and now it's it's foobard. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's just got to have that that bugginess, I guess, is is the word I'm looking for. That bugginess, I guess, is along the lines of what I'm, what I guess I'm getting at with that caricature yeah. design. You know, is um, it's got the bugginess has got those aspects to it that appeal to its um its sense to make that quick decision, right? Yeah, um, and, yeah. And, and another thing, another thing too, I like to tell my my anglers is like you know. Well, Will, what, what fly do you want me to put on? I'm like, what do you have confidence in? You know, what do you, what do you think? What do you want? You know, I want people to have confidence in, in, in the choices that they make and the cast that they make. And, and it's just like, there's nothing like someone that picks out their own fly from their own fly box, ties that thing on, ties their own knot, um, and throws that great cast into the wind and hooks that fish and lands it. I mean, it's just something else. So that's my favorite feeling in the world. Yeah, you know, that's right. it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about creating confidence. And, and if you've got confidence in that fly, f- go ahead and fish it. Send it. Yeah. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess after a few, re- few refusals, if, uh, you know, the confidence wanes, well then you'll change, don't you? I guess. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Nature yep. will find a way. And there, there, you know, a lot of, a lot of times in my boat too, I'll tie on one crab and I'll leave, we'll leave that thing on there all week. And, you know, we might get a couple of refusals, but like that might be over the course of three or four days, but in the rest of the time we haven't put the fly where it needs to be or like that fly we had on today was kind of like a hybrid flexo was tan with, uh, um, uh, dark colored legs with red tips and dude, they murdered that thing. But they, it, I, I threw the lighter tan version. They didn't want anything to do with it, but that dark tan with the red tip legs, I mean, pinned it to the ground literally into yeah. the dirt yeah, that's so pretty, that's a that's a pretty uh that's same a pretty good looking, bit of feedback same, same looking fly same size everything one was just lighter tan and no red tips they didn't want nothing to do with that thing right the other one was tan darker legs red tips and they crushed the shit out of it why because it had red on it because it had darker legs i mean i don't know why did it do that one Not oh man one. So many possible mind boggles at the possibilities there. And, and then, and then, and then, and then, um, the guy today was like, you know, we, we lost the, that fish and he's like, Oh, should I change flies? I'm like, hell no. Tie the exact same one on. 
Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> we just had yeah. two murdered it. You want to change colors now? No, man. <laughs> forget that. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a pre- hey, yeah, it's a pretty good review. Those, those sort of occurrences can really fuck with your head, eh? Like, you know, you, you, can, you can develop really definite color preferences, um, yeah. you know, based, based on those extreme happenings. Yeah. And then, um, and then they, they become like a, a habit almost for you. Like, you know, you're probably, yep. you're going to color up everything you tie now with red tips, right? Yep. Exactly. You know, with, with dark brown. And then, and then that becomes, that becomes, you know, the, the Will Flack difference. You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah. Um, I mean, I can, it, I can tell, I can yeah. tell you right now that that gentleman is 100% going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to fish that fly and he's going to fish it hard. You know, yep. I'm not fishing with him tomorrow. He's, I think he's fishing with magic. Um, but he's going to, he's, he's absolutely got 110% confidence in that fly. Not so much, you know, in his ability today to seal the deal, but, um, you know, he put the shot when they needed to, needed to get there into the wind. Um, yep. you know, and, and we almost got it done today, you know, and <laughs> he should feel good about that. And I told him that on the boat, you know, he's yep. like, Oh, yeah. well, I'm sorry. You know, I only fished one week a year and I shouldn't have trout set. I'm like, dude. You put the shot in 25 mile an hour wind. All right. You missed the first set. You got him on the second one and you, you, we trout set it. It happens, dude. I don't know what to tell you. We fed him. That's all we Man, can do. <laughs> no one's a robot. People you know? make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, shit. Like I said, we, we, I don't know how many fish we saw today, but the other boat only saw four. And we, we definitely, saw, I don't know, we probably saw 30, maybe, maybe 35, somewhere in there. That's um, awesome. But, yeah, and on a day like today, blowing from the north, and all the windward stuff was like murky. I mean, we 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 did it. We we found them today, and we worked hard, and and you know we were so close to sealing it. You know, I, I probably would have canceled. I probably would. I probably would have drank way too much gin and tonic, and probably wouldn't have been able to do this interview. <laughs> we would have understood, dude. I would have been like, it's gin day at the BPC. Sorry, I got to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking speaking of uh, of sort of gin days, and it might be um might be a sort of a a, to- a topic sort of to wrap up because it's all tied in. Well, um, how how important is um is uh, mindset when it comes to fishing for permit, and what is the correct mindset? I mean, like I said earlier in, in the show, man, you know, if you want to become a a, a successful permit angler, you know. You, you just got to analyze their habits, you know, yeah. and practice is always a good thing. But, you know, if you can analyze their habits, learn what they're doing, you know, especially when you're out there taking advantage of every opportunity, be ready. Don't, don't come for a week and not practice your cast, you know, um, e- permit shots are, are rare, you know, compared to mm. most other types of fishing. So, you know, you need to be 110% ready to make that shot when it, when it presents itself. Um, you know, believe in yourself, have confidence and, uh, you know, they're just, it's, it's, who said, I think Will Benson said it best. It's like, you know, you're just miserable till you catch the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty accurate. (laughs) But you gotta, you gotta believe though, haven't you? You gotta, yeah, you do, man. And it's just like, you know, people always ask me like, why do you keep going out there going? It's like, I love it, man. I love it out there. I love the scenery. I love the people in my boat. I just, you know, I love permit fishing and it's infuriating little fuckers, you know, (laughs) it's, you know, like today was just a grind going out there in the north, but you still go out there and you do your best. And it's just like I, I told I told our uh, my guy today, I was just like, "Hey, man, it's going to be a grind today. We're going to take a licking, 
and we're going to have to work and we're just going to push long and hard. And, and, you know, we might, we might get one shot. We might get five, you know, and I'm betting we're only going to get one shot. That's what I said to him this morning. I'm like, this wind's probably going to fuck it up. And, and we got a bunch of different shots, probably had a dozen shots and, you know, we, we made it happen and we were, we were close, but you know, that's, that's permit fishing. So that's permit fishing, man. It's, uh, it's a phrase we hear a lot. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Will. Look, we're gonna we're gonna um, start to wrap this show up, man. We've had you for man. You've been very generous with your time. Uh, but before we go, um, let's just just go over a few things before we go. And that being one of those things is, if I can get words out properly, is how can people find you? Um, best way to find us is uh, online um, www.belizefly.com. That's our website for. Um, the fly shop and the Belize permit club. You can find us, uh, on social media, um, at Belize fly, um, on, um, Instagram or Twitter and Facebook, Trace Pescado's fly shop, um, or Belize permit club. One more question. What's the, is the season's just starting over there now, right? Is that what you say, what you're saying? Yeah. Our high season's just starting, you know, our dry season is February to June. So everyone's trying to escape winter up north so um yeah we're coming in february march april may are the busiest months of the year down here so you'll find me in my skiff did you have any time off like can people if people coming from australia can they book any time of the year dude you guys show up i'm taking you fishing for sure <laughs> oh, i'm going straight from here to, uh, i'm gonna the, i'm the gonna Qantas. kick someone out of my boat i'm gonna kick someone out of my boat i'm like i got the tcs coming from oz you're out <laughs> you're with magic <laughs> yeah hell yeah we'll bring we'll bring the milton mangoes or <laughs> all right well look will that's that's awesome man i think uh, i think you put on a master class dude and i think a lot of people are going to be pretty appreciative and i think looking back over the some stuff you said there wasn't too much to sort of explain or or, or carry on to the australian species i think at most of that 99 percent of it would cross over really well hey you know a pleasure having having to talk to you guys i appreciate the opportunity um if any of your listeners or guests have any questions you know you can uh shoot me an email uh the links on the website i'd be happy to uh get people started on the madness of permit fishing well we'll link it on our socials as well and uh mate hopefully you can get some um more aussies over there yeah absolutely hey if you guys send us the link we'll we'll help you guys promote it on our end for sure awesome man that'd be great all right, Will. All right. All right, boys. All right, there. Good time. Well, holy shit! That guy just invited us to uh, Belize, man. And I want to, I want to sell the farm and move over there and make it happen somehow, man. Fuck. Uh, my brain hurt with figures trying to work out how to make happen. Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's um. How sick would that be? We might do a um intermediate line podcast from Belize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look. Um, it, it was a it was a really engaging engaging um potty man like 
it's really easy straight after doing a podcast to go like you know i really enjoyed that it's one of my favorite ones and i know i've said that in the past that one was one of my favorite ones um you know i love talking technical flats fish um and i apologize to people who who haven't been bitten by the permit bug at some point or haven't tried it or haven't even tried flats fishing and you know like this may you know that podcast mightn't have that same effect on you as it did for me um but wow i will flack was very um down to earth um very good very giving of his information um you know he dropped some bombs in there that you know he we thought he might want to include but he um um but yeah they're, they're gonna stay in there yeah, just as we got off the air, I, you know, as you know, also I had to check. Do you really want us to take that? Do you need us to take the squid fly bit out? It's cool we're leaving it in, fortunately. But uh, look, I think um, for those who do enjoy the technical chat, first and foremost, I guess, uh, you know, we need to acknowledge that it went a little bit all over the place. It was hard not to get excited about a certain direction that was about to happen when it happened compared to when we planned to have it happen. But yeah. still, we got everything out out in the open that we wanted to talk about that's for sure um there are some gems in there uh like we said right at the beginning like will's style of, of education which is one i wanted to bring up because i think that's a, what we do on the show here as well is rather explain something so you can adapt and hunt in your own area as opposed to just saying hey use this fly and be here at this time no one learns anything from that um you know, because at the end of the day like and again to quote will um Permit are predictable until they're not. So it requires some <laughs> adaptation. Yeah, yeah. On the day, quick, quick, quick mm. movement. I mean, the same could apply for all fish, really, at the end of the day, but uh, permit are particularly wily in that respect. Uh, at the same time, like when you said about, you know, um, sorry to those who haven't bitten the bug, you know, those who those who haven't had to scrounge around for them in, um, outside of highly pressured areas as well, like, I mean, I mean that's great and and i wish i could do that too but i mean there's some places that people are literally splitting hairs on on a fish they might get like one or two eats a year on so i mean there might be some really good insights into that um like i said during the show there you know like uh um i mentioned paul on the show there like paul's paul's been pretty big on on will's teachings which you can find online for a while there now i'm sure he's i'm sure he's more more than happy to tell people that as well um so, you know, Will's, Will's got a pretty big influence as a permit fisherman to share his observations and to teach others uh, around the world by, by the looks of it. Would you agree that a lot of that would um, be relatable to what we do? Uh, I would definitely pull a lot of that. Um, what he was saying, there, there's there's little uh, little bits and pieces and tidbits of information in there. I was actually thinking about tusk fish too. A lot of the things, you know, his approach... Um, that last question I asked about mindset, um, you know, and and you know, believing, I guess that fish might eat. Um, I was actually thinking, you know, thinking about one of my last uh, flats flats trips where, you know, we um, I might have told you the um, things weren't going our way, um, but you know, obviously having the right mindset, positive mindset, um, and a belief that eventually things will turn. Um, you know, just got to grind harder. There's days you got to grind hard, like you said that sort of information and it just reinforces it makes it that bit easier when when it chips it down to um to hustle harder and and you know grind out that that successful day and then then when things start going your way then you know winning becomes a habit so yeah yeah winning becomes yeah. a habit yeah 
Until yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Do you go permit fishing? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, but it gives you a framework of, of how to go about things, organising your thought patterns and, and self-talk and that sort of shit. So, interesting, huh? The good thing about fishing in it, I suppose, it's it's um it's not exactly conquerable, you know, particularly for if you, you know, you desire more and more challenging species. There's definitely species like permit out there that are, um, are going to create a lifelong pursuit 100%. Oh, totally. uh, there's a lot that's got to line up for those eats, you know. Like obviously, you, I mean, if you're tying your own flies, that the aspect of it, line selection, rod selection, destination selection, uh, sure. you know, like he said that many people don't practice their cast. I hear that's a common thing amongst guides when they're, you know, they're they're entertaining or booking trips with people. Like they'll 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 suggest to them that they practice their casting before they show up, and mm-hmm. seems to be one of the most common things that guys talk about. You know, that dudes don't practice their casting, or or into the wind, or with the heavier sure. flies. So that aspect's got to line up for it. In addition to convincing a fish that's, you know, a 50-50 chance to actually eat it, it's so much that's got to line up just for that for that one fish. It's um, it's madness. I don't know why we do it to ourselves, but I just can't get enough of it. Yeah. Yep. I guess so. So that's why they're so addictive. Mm. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, that was a real eye opener of a uh, of a podcast. I hope I hope the uh, enthusiasts out there get as much as I did out of um listening to to will um describe fishing and and his fishery um uh i'll be certainly looking at police for the next sort of trip over that side of the world definitely mm. god man yeah uh-huh. so i feel I feel like um when you get the offer you feel like gandalf in the lord of the rings with frodo often in the ring you cannot offer me this <laughs> <laughs> it's going to destroy my life my relationships with my family i'm going to go to belize <laughs> yeah and hearing you know like we didn't even touch at all like you know in any depth on bonefish which are addicted by themselves let alone permit which is like you know the the one of the greatest imaginable fly fishing addictions um you know uh, sorry permit, well, tar- I mean, tarpon tarpon yeah, tarpon. yeah. yeah. there's 40 pounders in the reef cuts you know or even up on the flats wow you know. I love it how those dudes who live where Atlantic Tarp and go, you know, we just got the little ones, the 40, 40, 30 to 40 pound fish. Fuck, man. How many how many Australian that have fished for Indo-Pacific tarpon um, in their life would give their eye teeth just to get a, a, a 15 pound tarpon? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, sure. So yep. epic. So epic. Well, so there you epic. go. Uh, oh. It's a little bit hard to continue, really. I'm, I'm a bit blown away, to be honest with you. I'm going to need some time to digest what just happened really talk okay. about such an epic place and then um and then the possibility of actually going there some of these things you hear about we talk about on the podcast you're like that's great that's a great story it's almost movie like you know of how how good those places are but you know to to know that you you know you got the possibility of um of playing a role in that movie and doing it yourself so to speak to, to you know to use the same analogy there um it's pretty surreal certainly is you got to put yourself in that picture Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the picture, bro. That's sharp. Yeah. All right, let's All get right, out of here, man. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Wrap this puppy up, as you used to say. And um, yeah, I've got to stop saying it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start saying it then. You can. Someone's gonna say it. Yeah, someone's gonna say it. It looks good on you, man. All right. Thanks, man. All right. See you. Bye. Bad lady, I 